Hello, NACA members, and welcome to the NACA podcast. I'm Doug Church, Deputy Director of Public Affairs at the NACA National Office in Washington, D.C. Today, we have an interview with veteran NACA member, pilot, and flight instructor Sarah Owens of Kansas City Center as we continue our celebration of Women of Aviation Worldwide Week. First, a few NACA news items. Last week at the World ATM Conference in Madrid, Spain, NACA President Paul Rinaldi joined leaders of aviation safety unions in Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, Spain, and New Zealand in launching the Global Air Traffic Controllers Alliance. This partnership strengthens ties and establishes a collective voice to speak on a range of subjects. Rinaldi said that by forming partnerships and alliances with organizations that provide air traffic control services, with air traffic industry partners and other stakeholders, we're helping to ensure NACA has a seat at every table where issues vital to our profession are being discussed. The members of the Alliance are unions who represent aviation safety professionals and advocate for their status and working conditions. The member unions work together to meet both individual and shared challenges, raise important safety issues to a global platform, and communicate with one another in a spirit of solidarity and unity. The aviation safety professionals in the Alliance's member unions are highly skilled, dedicated, professional, and fully committed to ensuring the safety of every flight. Safety is the litmus test against which all decisions are based. These professionals safely guide tens of millions of flights and more than a billion passengers every year in a global air traffic control system that is in the safest period in history. In legislative news, registration for NACA in Washington is now open. This is the 25th anniversary event for NACA in Washington, and it will be held May 21st through 23rd on Capitol Hill. To register, please go to NACA.org and click on the Members Only Legislative tab underneath the Legislative Menu button. And we have an exciting new member benefit to announce. NACA members can now save up to 80% on more than 93,000 products from Office Depot and Office Max. Use the discount online or in any Office Depot or Office Max store for your printing and cleaning and office supply needs. Enjoy free next-day delivery on online orders over $50. NACA members will receive a store purchasing card in April in the mail that can be used in-store for discounts. But if you can't wait, visit NACABenefits.com, click on the Home and Auto Menu tab, and then follow the links to b- below to print a free store purchasing card. If you're coming to Philadelphia for the convention next month, stop by the NACA Benefits Committee booth for more about this and other exciting new benefits available to members only. And now we welcome NACA member Sarah Owens to the podcast to talk about her career as an air traffic controller, as well as her busy activities as a pilot and flight instructor, her new baby, and much more. Welcome, Sarah. NACA is proudly celebrating Women of Aviation Worldwide Week, which began on uh, Monday, March 5th. And we thought, what better NACA member to spotlight than you, who is literally doing everything you can think of on both sides of the microphone. You're a controller, you're a pilot, you're a flight instructor. Oh, and you're also a new mother. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. You and your husband, Jim, also from Kansas City Center, are the proud parents of baby Sullivan. So well, let's start with that. How is the uh, the baby doing? Uh, the baby's doing great. He's uh, getting bigger every day. He's just a little chunky meatball now. He's almost four months old. We saw a great photo last week where you had him in the, the back of the uh, of your aircraft. Uh, that was his first flight? Um, it was his first flight in a small general aviation aircraft. Um, okay. We flown commercially to California and New York already, but it was his first flight with me. Did he enjoy it? I, I think he did. He cried a little bit at first, uh, but then as soon as we took off, you know, the white noise of the engine and all the vibration, he went right to sleep. 
so you, you certainly got a lot going on, and uh, and being a new parent, as, as I know, I've got children of my own that that's uh, not easy, and the sleep comes when it comes. And uh, how do you how do you and Jim do it? How do you do it? You know, with being uh, all the things going on. Oh, I it's definitely a juggling act. Um, I've had to uh, up my game with my time management skills. Um, I'm very lucky. I have an amazing supportive husband who uh, works, you know, with me and my crazy schedule and allows me to uh, get everything done. Outstanding. So you've been at Kansas City Center for all 16 years of your FAA career, is that correct? That is correct. When did you decide you wanted to be an air traffic controller, and what was your path to getting hired? Um, I decided that I wanted to be an air traffic controller in uh, 1998. I'd always been interested in aviation. And um, I graduated from high school in 98, and uh, I, I wanted to be a flight attendant. That was my career goal. Um, but I also wanted to join the Air Force. So um, back in 98, with my whole 18, you know, years of worldly experience, I thought I would join the Air Force to become a flight attendant, which obviously was not the best plan. Um, so when I met with a recruiter, they kind of pushed me in the direction to do air traffic control. Uh, so that's how I got into the career path, and it's been great. Excellent. What is the best thing about being a controller, would you say? Um, I just love the job. I love what we do. I like uh, being able to assist the pilots, um, you know, both commercial and general aviation, um, keeping them up to date, you know, on rider course and flight conditions to ensure everybody has a, a safe flight, you know, with the VFR aircraft, you know, helping them with traffic or, you know, finding airports, any assistance. Mm-hmm. When did you start taking flying lessons? I started taking flying lessons in 2007. How did that come about? How did you uh, decide that was something you wanted to do? Um. I was always interested in um, learning how to fly, and I uh, never really got around to doing it until I finished my um, air traffic control training. And um, by being a controller, I really became interested in what was going on on the other side of the microphone. What do you enjoy most about flying? Flying... I think there's a sense of freedom. You can kind of leave all your problems down, you know, on the ground and go up for an hour. Mm-hmm. And being a flight instructor, how did uh, how did that come about? Um, what what uh, time period did you uh, decide that was what you wanted to uh, to try doing, and uh, what sparked your interest? Um, I never had plans on being a flight instructor. I got my private pass license in 2007. And um, I didn't get any additional ratings for a few more years. Uh, then I went on to get my government license and my commercial license and um, my multi-engine license. And I thought I'd be done for a while. And um, a friend of mine got his CFI license and said how challenging it was to obtain that certification. So I thought, huh, I wonder if I have what it takes to get that. So. I decided that I would study for my initial flight instructor rating, and then once I got that one, I added on my uh, CSII and my NEI, and then eventually my uh, airline transport rating. Hmm. Let me ask you this. 
over the years, we've, we've certainly noticed uh, an increase in the, a number of controllers who are either pilots themselves or uh, additionally have what, what you have, which is a certification to be an instructor. And in a lot of cases, we've found that, that members who have either been nominated or won our Archie League Award for flight assist and helping pilots in the air, uh, a lot of times have pilot experience of their own that they can dwell upon. Have you noticed yourself in your controller uh, part of your career that your experience as a pilot and instructor has come in handy? And if so, do you have any examples that might come to mind? Um, I don't know about specific examples, but it definitely does come in handy. Um, just being able to put myself in their shoes sometimes and know what the stress level or the workload level is, you know, in the aircraft, it makes me more patient. Um, on occasion, you know, dealing with student pilots or pilots that are disoriented. Um, especially if there's some sort of unusual situation, you know, if they have um, an instrument failure, kind of knowing how um, if, you know, one system fails in the aircraft, you know, what it affects and, you know, what the pilot is capable or not capable to do. So that helps on, you know, how I control, you know, and what instructions I would give them. I see. Let me ask you about this week. We, we saw a really good story uh, on, on television locally in Kansas City on Fox 4 and it involved a feature about a uh, high school uh, girl. Her name is uh, Belle Bonn, B-O-N-N, and uh, she is taking flying lessons currently and, and hoping to take her first solo flight when she turns 16. How did you meet Bonn, uh, and how, how did you get acquainted with her? And uh, can you talk about uh, you know that story, which was certainly very positive to helping a young aviator? Um, I met Belle about three years ago, um, and she was 11. She is currently 14, and um, she'll turn 15 later this month, and I met her with an organization called Girls with Wings. Um, it's a online organization, and um, basically, it's to get younger girls exposed to aviation and explore aviation career options. Um, Belle wants to become a um, Air Force pilot, so we started flying um, when she was 11, uh, just occasionally, maybe once a quarter, you know, we'd go off to get her exposed to aviation. And um, now she's flying on a more regular basis. We usually go up about twice a month. And um, the goal is on her 16th birthday that she will be able to solo and then get her private license when she turns 17. That's very exciting. Um, are, are a lot of the students that you've had uh, you know, people who are young, young, young either teenagers or, or young adults? I have had quite a few Um that are teenagers or young adults. I I like flying with children. Um, they have no fear. It's you know they haven't had the life experience to kind of be scared of things. So they go into you know the learning process wholeheartedly. Huh. Yeah, this dovetails into the next question, which is related to Oshkosh, because you've been at uh, a part of our the volunteer uh, core the last several years, and particularly. Uh, involved with the kid venture part of Oshkosh each summer. Um, and again, that's, that's dealing directly with, with kids and getting them interested in aviation, air traffic control, and, and being a pilot. I know you've, you've been a part of that. Um, I, I can assume that that has got to be a very rewarding experience. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, sure. Um, I have volunteered uh, with NASA and kid venture at um, probably the past three or four years I've gone. And kid venture, it's a great um, program there at Oshkosh. It really encourages um, kids to explore several different areas of aviation, um, 
including flying, and there's air traffic control simulation. We go over some pre-flight planning. Um, there's weight and balance considerations we do. Um, the kids get to experience lots of hands-on activities, and um, they get to learn uh, through demonstrations. And um, it's a great program. I would highly recommend any uh, NACA member that's um, interested in aviation and um, they – but it's just it's a great program. Okay, wonderful. Uh, also, uh, Pilots and Paws, that's an organization. Are you still flying with them as well? I do fly for Pilots and Paws still. Um, Pilots and Paws, it's a 501c3 nonprofit organization. It's intended kind of to be a meeting place for volunteers that are willing to um, assist with all aspects of the animal rescue transportation. Um, Pilots and Paws has a website. It's Pilots and the, uh, the letter N, pause.org. And it's an online environment where volunteers can kind of meet each other, coordinate and schedule different um, rescue flights and other activities such as overnight foster arrangements um, and that kind of, of stuff. So um, I'm a huge animal um, lover, so this has been great to be able to combine my love of flying and animal rescue with this organization. Do you sort of uh, be on call, as it were, so like a, a physician? Of, uh, so if somebody needs your assistance, you you can say, okay, I'm available this day, or, or and you can go you know, uh, help them out. Um, you completely set your own schedule. Um, so you'll go online, and there'll be a bunch of requests. It'll say, I have a dog or a cat or a pig or whatever type of animal that needs to be transported from point A to point B. Sometimes they don't need to go very far, you know, 100 miles or so, and one pilot is able to accomplish the whole flight. Other times, animals need to go from coast to coast, and sometimes, you know, either uh, other countries. So you have uh, multiple pilots that kind of accomplish this, you know, relay race, per se, to get the animal where they need to go. Um, and the pilot sets the limits on everything. Um, the day they want to fly, the length they want to fly, um, even the weather conditions. Um, it's pilots from, you know, all walks of life. There's VFR pilots, IFR pilots. So um, there is weather cancellations. If you're not comfortable, it's not like you have to fly, you know, if it was a job. Right. Okay. I have uh, one more question for you, and that brings it back to NACA. So you're a member of the, the NACA Air Safety Investigations Committee, and, and uh, you've been the Central Region ASI rep for the past five years. For our members who may not be aware of the work of the ASI Committee, can you talk about all that you all do on the committee and, and how important it is to the safety of the system? Um, sure. So uh, everything you said is correct, um, that I've been on the committee for five years. Um, it's a great committee, and I don't think many um, NAC members are even aware that we have this committee or what we do. Um, if there has been an accident or incident and they think the um, – there may be some form of controller involvement, and the NTSB goes on an investigation. Um, we go and we act as a subject matter expert with the uh, NTSB. Um, the committee is um, comprised of 12 members, basically. It's um, four in groups, four tower, and four terminal um, controllers. Okay. And um, 
you only go on investigations based on your specialty. So myself being in route, I wouldn't be involved in a tower investigation. But um, you know, we go there um, just to make sure the NTSB has all the facts and how you know ATC works. Thank you, Sarah, for your time. We really appreciate it. And NACA members, thank you for joining us on the NACA podcast. We'll talk to you very soon.